and welcome back to the Post Sermon Podcast Series. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. We discussed some very heavy aspects of prophecy in Mark 13 back at our Sunday service. We noted that Jesus was in fact speaking to his disciples. So where do you think the church stands in regard to that great tribulation that Mark 13 talks about? Thank you Nat, good to be back on this podcast as we look back on our sermon and reflect some of the things that we perhaps have continued to think about post the sermon as well as questions we might have about it. I always love meditating on the sermon. I always love it when people have, you know, after thoughts or questions or discussions that they want about anything particular relative to the sermon. So if you do have that, write to me. I want to hear about it. I want to answer questions. I am not close to that idea. I I would love to hear from you even your own take or perhaps in other ways how God has spoken to you. We covered a very difficult topic and we covered a very difficult passage of scripture and right there between 12 and 14 Mark chapter 13 is nothing like any of the other chapters and Jesus launches into a prophetic explanation of what will be. This is not a prophetic book. This is not contextually prophecy. But Jesus does in his explanation to the disciples say a lot of things that are going to happen out of his sovereign will and plan he knows that and he shares that so i want to keep it within context and i want to remind us that he's talking to his disciples while his disciples are both new testament and the authors of the new testament not everything in the new testament applies to the whole church some parts applied to the immediate church that was launched in the book of acts some apply to us in the 21st century and some apply to the then generation that will go through what we call the last days so there were two phrases jesus used the last days and the last day or in that day the last days meaning those last few days the season in which we begin to see signs of the end and uh, we need to be prepared we need to be urgent and we need to be prayerful we talked about that on sunday and then there's the the day the last day when christ himself will return the old testament and the jewish tradition have taught for long that the messiah is coming and the messiah is coming and he's going to come in power and he's going to emancipate the nation and consolidate the nation and set up his rule he's going to bring a political power he's going to bring you know majestic power royal power all that kind of thing so jesus is talking to his disciples and as new testament writers and as the disciples he is referring to this entire age and all these people so the question you have just asked is what about the church does all of this apply to the church and i must say up front that not everybody agrees with this we're not all on the same page different bible colleges different seminaries different schools of thought amongst theologians and scholars and i would love to share just where i stand on this in case we are wondering but for the benefit of those who have no background or context to prophecy or to what we call the dispensations god has been working in time slots god has been working through the ages in a very specific way let's begin with the first season the first season or the first age was the age of creation where god brought the world into place we believe in a young earth theory we believe that god created the earth in an intelligent design we don't exactly want to argue about the gap theory or time spaces 
between creation and Adam. We don't know that. We cannot be sure about that. What we do know is that it happened and that God created everything we see and know. And Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was active and creation was an event. And as Jesus swung time into motion, the days, 24-hour days, became a thing. And the first seven days were the first week in which God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that is, was, was created in that one. From that point, God had created Adam in a right standing with him, which began the age of conscience. The age of conscience was a very alive, sensitive understanding and experience of the spirit realm, of God himself, of morality. And even though the fall is recorded in Genesis chapter 3, and then you see the consequence of the fall all the way through to the flood and beyond, the age of conscience remained all the way to the point of Christ. The turning point was that from conscience we moved to Christ where Christ came to fulfill the Old Testament laws and to be the sacrifice that replaced all other sacrifices. Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. In doing that, Christ became the central figure of time and of the biblical story. Post-Christ, we then have the church or the age of grace. The age of grace for the church is a season where God is opening up the windows of heaven, the doors of heaven for people to come freely, come quickly, come in as many as they want to Christ. As they come to Christ, Christ leads them back to the Father and saves them. So the gospel is being spread throughout the whole world and we announce that the day of salvation is today. Today is the day of salvation. Now God is dispensing grace, he's dispensing mercy because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Okay, so what do we have so far? We have the age of creation followed by the age of conscience. Then you have the season of Christ where he came 33 years and he split time in two. And from that point on, the Holy Spirit arrived 50 days after the Lord Jesus was taken up. And we call that the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And with the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit on earth, convicting people and convincing people of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are currently in the age of grace. Now there are going to be two events, both involving the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus will return for his church, and then he will return again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and then he will once again set his kingdom up right at the end. So let me explain those three events and what's going to happen in between. We are in the current age of grace where anyone and everyone is welcome in Christ and through Christ, Ephesians chapter 1. If you are in Christ, you are in new creation. If you are in Christ, all things are forgiven and you are made clean and you are brought back to the Father. The Holy Spirit is put in you and you are given a witness of his character, of his power here on earth. As the church, we are united and we are waiting as a bride for her husband. We are waiting for Christ. And Christ is going to come. Thessalonians talks about this. Christ is going to come mid-air. Not everyone is going to see him. Only the church is going to be raptured. And the word rapture means caught up. And the church is going to be removed from the earth. 
there are two aspects of this. One is that the church is going to be taken to heaven, and I'll tell you why. And then the other aspect is that the world is going to be without the church. Now, what did I say that the church has? The Holy Spirit. So the moment the church is removed, it is essentially the Holy Spirit and His God's presence on earth that is going to be removed. That is when the events of Mark 13 can happen. Those events cannot happen with the presence of the Holy Spirit on earth. So on this side, on the earth side, those events cannot happen. And those events will happen with the removal of the Holy Spirit. Right now, the Holy Spirit is restraining those events. Right now, the Holy Spirit is bringing people back to Christ in this age of grace. And while the time is still there, while grace still has its arms open, and as soon as those doors are closed, then, and the Holy Spirit is removed, the Antichrist and all of these events and the story will roll out. So the first aspect of this is, or the first event is going to be the rapture. This is going to start the ball rolling. The rapture is Jesus taking the church out. So the one aspect was the Holy Spirit being removed from the earth. The other aspect is, this is going to be a season of seven years, again, a week. And in these seven years, when Jesus is going to take the church out, those seven years are going to parallel what is a typical marriage ceremony in the Jewish context, which is a week of celebration. Seven years of the marriage of the Lamb, where the Holy Spirit will take the whole church up and Jesus is going to receive the bride to himself. Jesus will never put his bride through persecution or through tribulation, through any kind of abomination and face off with the devil. He will not do that to his bride. That is why I believe there is no way that the church is going to go through the troubles that Mark 13 or Daniel or Revelation talk about. Because Jesus has sanctified the church. He has made it holy by his word. He has made it to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And there is no way they can ever be left without the Holy Spirit. So for all that to happen in the world, the Holy Spirit has to be removed. For the Holy Spirit to be removed, it would be, have to be removed from the church itself. So if you gather my reasoning, it is impossible for these two to be separated. And if that's the case, then the church is to be removed from the world for this to happen. Now, as the church is removed, the Holy Spirit is taken out of this world, and this allows for these events to unfold. Following the rapture, it signs off a green signal on the seven-year tribulation. Seven years of us in heaven for the marriage of the Lamb, seven years on earth with the Antichrist going berserk. And this you could read about in the book of Daniel, chapter 9 was more specifically, and you can read the book of Revelation. And I'm not explaining everything right now. I'm giving you my position on where we stand with these last day's events. Everything that Mark chapter 13 talks about is the birth pangs. He says these are the birth pangs of the Messiah. When you see these signs, he says the end has not come, but you know that the end is coming. So now you're not far off from the end. It says, look at the fig tree. He says, when you see the stem getting soft and you see these little green things coming out, you know summer is near. So when you understand that, what you're going to do is you're going to prepare for summer. This is what these signs and events are. Are for. So the rapture, church is removed, tribulation is unfolded, and you can study about that on your own in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. The end of tribulation 
And in during this time, God would have dealt with Israel and bring Israel back to himself, the true Israel, the remnant Israel. And God's dealing with Israel has to do with his people and has to do with Jerusalem, the throne. God's dealing with Israel has to do with the Israel people, that is the sons of Jacob, Isaac and Abraham, and the original remnant and Jerusalem. So the Israel land, the Israel nation, and the Jewish state, as it were, is debatable. It's highly debatable. And for those who want to debate it, knock yourselves out. What God is concerned with is the people with whom he made a covenant with and how he promised them two things. Number one, he said all Israel will be saved in the end. And number two, he said that to King David, I will put an eternal king on your throne. So these two prophecies and these two promises must come true. At some point in time, all Israel, that is the true Israel, the remnant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, will be saved. And God has to put Christ on David's throne, for he is the son of David royally, but the Lord of David spiritually. So David says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies thy footstool. So that prophecy is going to come true. So at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus is going to come back again. So he came halfway, took the church, there was the marriage of the Lamb, then he comes back, and this time he comes with the church, and this signs of the tribulation period, he settles things on the earth, and he binds the Antichrist, and he puts the whole world back in shape here on earth in the world we live in currently as you know it. Geography staying the same, nations staying the same, everything staying as it is. And Jesus will descend, he will step on the Mount of Olives, he will make his way to Jerusalem, and he will take the throne of David and he will reign for a thousand years, politically, physically, actually for real. And this is my position. Many have other positions on it. This is my understanding of the scriptures. This is my position. This is Jesus keeping his word to King David, who was real, who was a king, and who died as king of kings. So Jesus will come back. He will take the throne of David, and he will not reign for a Jewish state, but he will reign the world. He will globally reign from Jerusalem, and Jerusalem will be the king's state. It will be the city of the king. It will be the city of peace, Jerusalem. And when Jesus does that, he will do that for a thousand years. Going forward into prophecy, Revelation teaches us that at the end of the thousand years, all hell will break loose. Literally, there will be a final war. We call that Armageddon. God will go to war against Satan one last time and defeat him. And then in Revelation chapter 19 and 20, God will bind Satan, the serpent, and cast him into eternal hellfire and everybody else who was doomed to go with him. That is the time in which Satan will be once and for all done away with. And once he is done away with him, God is going to fold up the earth. He is going to fold up the heavens as we know it the entire heavens as we know, the atmosphere, the space, and all of creation that envelops the earth are going to be dissolved and 
collapse in a second at the word of God's mouth. And when he does that, he will then bring about a new Jerusalem, a new creation, and a new world order. And God will continue to reign forever and ever, and we will reign with him. And that will also be a very real world, but very different. It will also be a created world, but very different. It will also be heaven, yet very different to earth. And he will reign. There will be no sun because he will be the light by which the whole world sees. And we will all be in our absolute perfection. And that is how Revelation, the book of Daniel and prophecy lays itself out for what the future of the world will be. Let's start again. Creation. When God spun the world into uh, motion, time into motion, and he began time. He will bring the end of time as well, and we will live in eternity, but in a perfect state, in a real world, in a new Jerusalem. Then there's the age of conscience. Christ comes, and he ends that age of conscience to bringing about the Holy Spirit to be and live in us. The church is parallel to the age of grace. The church is removed. Along with that, the age of grace comes to an end. The tribulation, which is a week, goes for seven years, at the end of which Christ will return with his church and with his people, and we will rule and reign for a thousand years with him. The end of which there will be the Armageddon and a great war as never seen before. And God will put Satan out completely and destroy every dark, evil thing that ever existed. And once again, the glory of God will be complete. Creation will be made new. There will be a fresh start to the whole thing. A Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem will descend out of heaven and will continue to be the headquarters for the world going forward. This should all whet your appetite to read Revelation to read commentaries on Revelation, and to get to know what's coming ahead. Great things are coming ahead. And for that, God has saved us, and he is preparing us. None of this is bleak for the believer. None of this is bleak for the believer. And as we prepare our hearts for that, we need to be mindful, we need to be urgent with the gospel, and we need to be prayerful. I think that is what we covered back in Mark chapter 13. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to hear more of such content, we have a course you could attend and learn more about. We'll have the link to you in the description box and we'll see you in the next podcast.